Thank you guys for leaving me 30 minutes. <laughs> it was the end of a very special time. It was a dividing point in the world. But for 11 men, it was a very special day. The end of a very special period in their life. You see, these 11 men had been walking with Jesus, watching Jesus, listening to Jesus, trying to put the pieces together of how this man was going to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But then they had watched Him die on the cross. Most of their hope was gone. They certainly did not understand what had happened. Probably thinking, we'll be next. We were his friend. We were his comrades. But then something very special happened. He got up. He rose from the grave. And when he rose from the grave, up rose hope for these 11 men. Jesus then presented himself to them and to hundreds of others over the next 40 or so days. And in Matthew chapter 28, we find Jesus preparing them to carry on his work. We find the last words that Jesus spoke on this earth. When He told these eleven men, He reassured them and reaffirmed that all authority has been given to Me. So, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he gives them these words of assurance. And I will be with you always, even to the end of this age. You know, those to me seems like pretty straightforward instructions. You know, go do what I've done. Go do what I told you to do. Go tell others. Seems pretty simple until you think back just a little bit that Jesus had also told them, guys, you're going to be persecuted. Yep. You're going to be pulled before councils and the Sanhedrin. You're going to be beaten. You're going to be ridiculed. And some of you are going to die. Why? Because
Because if they'll do it to me, they'll do it to you. So let me ask you, why would they do it? Why would they go into all the world and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ? After all, they're good, as we say today. They're good. Jesus had promised them, told them, you're going to sit around the throne with me in heaven. That's good, Jesus. I like that. You're going to be there with me. You know, they could have said, you know, (laughs) thank you, Jesus. I'll take that deal. But I think on the second time around, they might have thought, you know, Jesus, do you know how embarrassing it would be to be pulled in front of these councils? After all, those are the big shots in town. I don't want to be embarrassed in front of them. And you know the embarrassment maybe I could take, you know, but you know, uh, those beatings you mentioned, I'm really not much into getting my back torn up like you did. And Jesus... You said that if we do what you say do, some of us are going to die. So Jesus, I just think I'll just take my seat on the right hand or around the throne with you, and I'll just pass on the second chapter. This morning, Barry said, holy, holy, holy was an emphasis. I ask you, why, why, why would these men carry out what we call this great commission of Jesus. For time's sake, Barry did give us five minutes each. That's why we all keep looking at the clock. For time's sake, I want to answer that question for you. These men were convinced that the world was lost. And without Jesus... There was no hope. If they did not take the message concerning the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus to the world, if they did not tell the story of how God so loved the world from the time that He made it to the end of it, that He would give His only Son, if they did not take it to the world, the world would be lost. They believed the message that one of them would pen later when John wrote in John 3, 16, which the world loves, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But I challenge you to look back at it. But they also believed Verse 17 and 18. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned 
already. Read on. Why are they condemned? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. They believed the promises of Jesus that he would come back. That he'd come back to get them regardless of what happened to them on this earth, but he would take home the faithful. They believed, the eleven I'm talking, they believed and knew that when Jesus did come back, that the words of Paul in 2 Thessalonians 1, beginning about halfway through verse 7, when he said, when the Lord is revealed from heaven with his angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to go back and study that. There's two groups there. One, those who didn't know God, the same as John had written back in chapter 3, those who didn't know God and had not believed in God, but those who would not obey Him. Why did these men go into all the world to preach the gospel? They believed the words of Jesus. And they cared that the world was lost. They knew but that twelfth apostle that would be Paul later on would write, How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And they cared. That those who did not know Jesus could not believe in Jesus and could not obey Jesus, and therefore when Jesus came back, they would be lost. I heard a story about Miss Sally. Miss Sally was well up in her years, but she was in dire need of surgery in order to live a comfortable and a reasonable life, even though she was up in years. The doctors told her that she'd be just fine and recommended the surgery and promised that she'd be well taken care of. And she did well through the surgery. But it was when she got into recovery that she began to have some complications. The nurse seeing to her needs immediately picked up on her distress and started all the necessary assistance to take care of her. But one complication led to another until the situation became very dire and the whole team in recovery was called in and working desperately to save Miss Sally. And one team member saying to the recovery nurse, you know she's dying. To which the recovery nurse responded, not on my watch. With the encouragement the team received, they responded and continued to work doing everything they could. And in a few days, Miss Sally goes home with her family. Not ever knowing that the loving care and 
touches of someone who was not willing to give up saved her. We live in the best of times. We live in the worst of times. Not to steal anything from anybody that's a little more famous than I am, but from the tale of two cities. We are so blessed to live in the age that we live in. And the, the list is innumerable. We just cannot list what privilege it is to live in these days. But we also live in one of the most challenging times where Satan is running rapid. And it's easy to say that the world is dying. It is my challenge to you tonight to say, but it's not going to die on my watch. Not without me doing everything I can do. Sometimes we want to say that the world is dying in sin. But you know, according to Ephesians 2 and verse 5, the world is already dead in its sin. As we read there, the world is condemned already. They're dead in their sins, according to Ephesians 2, chapter, I mean, verse 5. But the wonderful news is, and this is the best of times in the period of men, we have the resurrection. They can be raised from the dead. You have the breath of life that needs to be delivered to a dead world, if you want to say to a dying world. Jesus Christ can resurrect us from our sins. Tuesday night when we studied with Crystal, we talked about how you bury that old man to raise him to walk in a newness of life. That old dead man can be raised, but it's only through Jesus Christ. And that's why those 11 men out of Matthew chapter 28 took that commission seriously, and we know what happened to them. If we simply have the faith that those 11 men have to, one, believe the words of Jesus, two, believe that the world is lost, Care enough to say, not on my watch will they die without me trying. Carry, that we believe enough to carry the message of Jesus. The message that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And yes, that even if we are embarrassed, even if we are persecuted, even if we are ridiculed, and even if we are put to death, we win. These men knew that. Okay, they knew that Jesus was coming back to carry His own home. They overlooked what could happen in this world if they simply followed Jesus in exchange for what will happen in the next world if we simply do His will to deliver that message. Let me ask you, Bradley's going to lead us. Do you know Jesus, my Lord? He's here in plain view.
If you're here tonight and you've never connected to Jesus, I love you, but you're dead in your sins. If you've never heard, believed, and obeyed that message that Jesus saves, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and tonight we love you, we care enough to say, we want you to be saved. We want you to go to heaven with us. But more than likely, out of this crowd, as Eddie's referenced the Sunday night crowd, it may be that you're here, but you're totally disconnected from Jesus. That maybe you have decided, maybe Satan has convinced you that you're better off disconnected from Christ and His church, disconnected from the body in a way that you're dying. See, Barry can... They can fire me. I'm okay. Uh, I can encourage you. I can say those things not because someone is paying me to do it, but because I care for you. Not on my watch. I hope will be my motto for the rest of my days. That when given the opportunity, I will tell everyone I can about Jesus. If there's any way tonight that we can help any of you, we ask you to come as Bradley leads us in this song. Do you know Jesus, my Lord? Thank you.